This week, we begin with something really needed. I call it grace infusion, an immune booster shot for the soul. I've been hearing a lot about booster shots, immune shot, immunity shots, vaccines, blah, blah, blah. I've heard doctors uh, give advice, medical professionals suggest we need to up the ante in our vitamin intake, uh, go for walks to get vitamin D, uh, take in extra C and D, they tell us. I can't tell you what to do because we're not allowed to, as we're not doctors. But you can read up on the advice and follow the directions from medical health. But I realized that because of this COVID thing, and including the series that I just finished on uh, taking a break for your, uh, in your soul and taking a rest from all this COVID stress, I realized we need to get reminded of some really good news. So today, I just want to give you some serious encouragement. I want to infuse your soul with grace. And I want to take time to uh, boost your encouragement. If you might be feeling bummed out, if you may have forgotten some of the things you've learned in the past, has your circumstances caused you to focus only on negative and not see yourself as Christ sees you? That's what this is going to be for. So I hope today will be a much more encouraging message. Uh, There should be zero controversy in this one. I know the last three weeks have been controversial, and that's okay. There's room for that. I just don't stay there. So the last number of weeks, and by the way, if, you're, if there's a controversial topic, and even if I read a Bible verse today that seems controversial to you, remember to stay teachable, not gullible. I think this, uh, this quote from Francois Dutoy uh, that he posted last week, in fact, I think it was last Sunday morning before I spoke, I, quickly, I saw it and I quickly grabbed it and added it into the sermon because this is going to become a new lens for me. I needed the wording of this because... I've been on a journey of deconstruction, and that means one thing to me, but it also means something different to someone else. So I realized, okay, unlearning is important. So let's take a look at this quote again. It says, you, have, you don't have to extract the drought first. Uh, let the water deal with it and watch the space transform naturally. Light dispels darkness effortlessly. I know there are times where we're questioning faith, we're questioning what does this Bible verse mean, what does this Bible section mean. Um, all kinds of questions, and we feel like we're not able to get enough info, and so we're becoming um, uh, dehydrated, so to speak. And so the water of Christ's life, the life of Christ in us, the wellspring of life in us, let it just reach out and teach you. Don't let uh, external things uh, disappoint you. I think God's got you on a really cool journey. And we're going to do a lot of praying. And so this next quote I, I just saw this week as well, I thought this was really, really powerful as well. And I was going to speak on prayer So I postponed the prayer topic for just a couple weeks, not much. But here's what the Pope had said. You pray for the hungry, then you feed them. That's how prayer works. Well, that's very different than what I heard growing up. I thought prayer meant um, uh, get God to do stuff. So if you beg him hard enough, if you get enough people begging him hard enough... Because some people use the story of the nagging person who uh, kept nagging the judge. And finally the judge gave in to this lady, fine, then you'll stop bugging me. That is the worst picture of God you can possibly come up with. It's going to create a whole new network of problems. This is more about Christ in you already. And I think when we discover what prayer is and how it works better, we're going to find ourselves doing two things. One, we're going to love God more. We're going to love each other more. It's guaranteed to happen. So, 
this whole immune booster shot thing. A number of years ago, I've been, again, I've been going to Mexico for almost 14, 13 years, every year, sometimes twice a year. And uh, there was this drink down there called the green juice. <laughs> I loved it. I couldn't get enough of the green juice. So I tried to replicate it here, but I can't because there's one major ingredient missing. It's cactus juice. Sounds exciting, huh? It's all prickly, especially when it goes down. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this, this is a whole batch of really healthy foods. There's, ha I get laughter here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I get the heckling in person. That's what I'm missing in person. Yes, uh, Jared. Jared, buddy, I'm missing your heckling if you're watching. I don't think you are, but just saying. Uh, anyway, so we've got parsley. We've got celery. I think this is spinach. And then we have a pear, and we have a lime, lemons, uh, orange juice, pineapple juice. I forget what juice that is, anything. And then this is the finished product, all blended richly together. And this is pineapple. I actually put full pineapples in as well. It's delicious. It's probably good for you. But I wanted to have something different than pop or my favorite beverage with suds and a bit of a head on it. So anyway, um, but this is the good alternative. And so to change, to change the habits, um, once in a while I go to this, my family laughs. They just shake their heads. Oh, dad's on another bender of, of trying to be healthy for just a week. You know, it lasts about four days. But anyway, uh, this is a lot of fun. So this is what I've done in the past, being inspired, when I see something really healthy or taste something that's really good. This is the other thing that's inspired me. Grace Infusion is my coffee, all right? This is a great thing to start the day with. And I, Gary, you hush. He doesn't like coffee, but we're praying for him. We're going to get that spirit of deception out of him soon. What? Commercial, yes. So here's the shameless commercial. Do you need coffee? I've got it. It's in stock. Uh, I think it's like 12 bucks for one pound, which is cheaper than you can get anywhere. Anyway, just enjoy this. Grace Infusion uh, is just a blend of two coffees. And I call it that because then everybody who has it is infused with grace. But they're already infused with grace and they don't realize it. But anyway, that was just my cheeky fun pictures because I thought of it. I'm, I'm really good at rabbit trails. So let's dig into some really good news. Deuteronomy. How can I find good news in the Old Testament? I like the New Testament for sure. I like the old too. Um, some people like to say, well, the Old Testament we don't really need to read anymore, you know, because there's no value to it. Not true. There's much value in the Old Testament. In fact, you can find grace in every single book of the Old Testament. It's all there. And you can also find legalism. You can find whatever it is you are looking for. So today, I want to find grace and I want you to be infused with encouragement today from these key verses. This might remind you of things you have already been taught. That's the point of today, the booster shot of something that's already there, being reminded, put a little extra in, and let's see how that works out in your thinking and in your behavior. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give in. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. This is a really big picture because I think some of us, we have times where we feel God is absent. I know right now for sure I, can, I know people in my own life that are feeling depressed, they're feeling bummed out, they're, they're feeling like, what's my future like? 
And it's scary. And they're wondering, where, where's God in all this? You know, does he play a role in this? Does the Trinity actively at work in us play a role in our day-to-day? And he does. It does. She does. The Trinity does. And this whole idea of be strong, take courage, don't be intimidated. Well, don't let your circumstances intimidate you. Be strong in the Lord because your God is with you. And I like this one line. It says God's um, ahead of you here. He's striding ahead of you. And then it says he's right there with you. Did you catch that? There's two different things. He's ahead of you and he's with you. But is he with you here or is he with you when you're already ahead and you caught up? What is it? Yes, he's with you always. I know there's a story of shepherds in Psalm 23. We talk about the Lord's shepherd. The Lord's shepherd is the idea of God being with us. Um, The shepherd walks in with the sheep. Sometimes he leads, sometimes right in the middle. All depends. So there's, all of it is true. And to think God has left you in your moment of stress and trying to make the right decision, trying to figure out what the future will look like and make decisions based on that, please remember what Paul Young had said a number of weeks back in one of the interviews I did with him. A very powerful one. He says, don't go into the fantasy thinking in your worries. Don't start to think through all the scenarios of what could happen and now live there as if it's a movie and play it all out and have all your backup plans ready for what may or may not happen. God's not there. Ooh, what do you mean God's not there? So that's not a real world. He's not going to be in a non-real world. He's only dealing with the real. And what is the most real thing we know right now? Here, right in front of us. This is real. Right now. Ten minutes ago, it's not real anymore. Ten minutes from now isn't real yet. So it's not real. Well, what about, what about income? What about my rent? What about food? What about this? What about that? Yes, those are also authentic concerns. But let God take care of those as you learn to focus and meditate on who God is right here in front of you. And it may mean you need to take time to refigure out who God is. Maybe you've got a faulty concept of him or an incomplete one. Oh, by the way, we all do. None of us have it correct. That's encouraging. It really is. Not so encouraging for the know-it-alls, but that's okay. They could handle a couple booster shots of humility. <clears throat> Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. That, again, this is the Passion Translation, but worth looking at. Some of these verses you may want to go back, take a quick screenshot of, and uh, save them, and write them out, and maybe, maybe even memorize them, or have it your verse of the week to be your booster shot for your mind in the morning when you wake up, right after you have your coffee. <laughs> this is a powerful verse. Wait for the grace, and you will experience divine strength. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I look back over my life, and I, I can see God at work. And not at work in the way I thought he would be at work, or I use he because it's just easier for me. But the way I have perceived God, I thought God would work things out because of the way I prayed. Well, that sure didn't work quite that way. It was better. It was more intimate. 
all the little structures and cubbyhole boxes of how I thought God was supposed to work, what prayer is and what this theology means and, and how he works in people's lives, what happens when we disobey, all that stuff. It kind of dissolves. And what's left is Christ in me. And he's looking at me and loving me and wrapping his arms around me and my stress. That's it. I try, to get, I try and get the yeah, but in there. Yeah, but, but, but. And that gets melted away in the acknowledgement of the presence of Christ in us. I just finished doing an end time series. Some like it, some don't. Am I right? I don't know. I'm only sharing with what I believe. But even that will dissolve. It doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. When I, when I stop and recognize Christ in me, the hope of glory, experience that moment, that pause. I have the horrible pattern of quickly moving on to the next thing. I, I'm lately I'm having a hard time pausing. I really am. It's because my to-do list keeps growing and I'm trying to figure it all out. This is something I've got to do. And the Lord's dissolving that. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's hard because we like some measure of control. There's some things we have to do. We have to get up. We got to get dressed. We got to feed the family. We got to whatever. Like all that stuff we, we got to do. But it's the moment by moment thinking as we drive, as we walk, as we go to the grocery store, as we make our coffee, as we, whatever it is, it's that moment by moment experience where we need to surrender and say, God, show yourself. I want to feel you, or the word experience. I want to experience you right now. And if it's in, by way of an incredible sense of peace and calm, yeah. If it's a redirect to somebody who needs help and God's sending me to help them, that's God too. I'm just saying this is, this is huge. This is big. <laughs> Thanks for the hat, Lorinda. Isaiah 55, 12. Again, this is Old Testament stuff. For you will leave, sorry, for you will leave your exile with joy and be led home, wrapped in peace. The mountains and the hills in front of you will burst into singing, and the trees of the field will applaud. <laughs> Anybody know what song that is? We have a worship song that's like that. Because then the trees of the fields will clap their hands. The trees of the fields will clap their hands. That one. Yeah, well, that's, this is where they got that verse from. This is where they got the lyrics for that song from. They're inspired by this. How does an Isaiah 55, 12, written thousands of years ago, have anything to do with us today? Here's what it does. Here, this writer is speaking to those who will experience freedom from the exile. He is speaking to those who are stuck in captivity. He's speaking to those who are slaves. We've talked about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Remember that story? Daniel was a slave. So was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were stolen, kidnapped from their homeland, taken to Babylon, retrained, reframed, indoctrinated like you wouldn't believe with every pagan theology so they would become well-versed in it. And they did that to the Jews. So the, the Jews would still be Jews, but then they would convince the other people that are going to also be taken captive and brought, and then they use their own people to convince their own people. What a strategy. Nebuchadnezzar was smart. And here they are in captivity. 
still loving God. Hmm. Listen, the country you live in has nothing to do with you and your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Yes, but we need to make our country stronger for God. No, you don't. I saw a hilarious cartoon from David Hayward. <laughs> yeah, I know, I better not. Never mind. We'll leave that out. I, <laughs> I got to stay away from politics. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, my goodness. Our country does not define our faith. So if Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can live in a country that was uh, completely dominated by a pagan faith, and they were able to still, in their way, learn to work it out, we can too, regardless of who the government is. If Rome was a, a government that was powerful, they were... They were, they were merciless, okay? They were a, a, a leadership that dominated the world. And it was in that context of turmoil, um, indoctrination, power struggles, you name it, it was in that world the gospel was spread. Are you feeling any persecution for your faith in, in your country? Now, if you're in Canada or United States, uh, the answer should be no. There's we have some laws that give us some freedoms, and then you have interpretations of those laws, whatever. You're not really being persecuted for your faith. Really. Not compared to other countries like India, Pakistan, China, Korea. Uh, sorry, there are people literally, they're suffering for their faith and being killed for it. Well, here the writer is saying, you who are in captivity will be free. And he was also speaking to what Christ was going to do when he came. Christ came and has set our future free. You are now free. If that encouragement can be given to people in captivity, and we who are not in a captivity right now, oh my goodness, how much more can that be? We're already experiencing a freedom that they wished they had. Perspective is powerful. Psalm 107. Oh God, thank you. Thank God. He's so good. His love never runs out. There's a song like that too, isn't there? Your love will never, never, never run yeah, out. There's enough songs like that. <laughs> His love never runs out. All of you set, are set free by God. Tell the world. Tell how he freed you from the oppression, then rounded you up from all over the place, from the four winds, from the seven seas. Thank God he's so good. We've been set free. Now tell people. I was... Had a lovely chat with Dan yesterday. We were out for a walk. We were just sharing stories. And it's important to share stories, to tell each other, to encourage each other how we walked through difficulties, how we've enjoyed and celebrated victories. The stories make us human. They allow us to identify with each other. Keep telling your stories. Tell people how good God's been. Don't sound corny, okay? Or religious. I don't know. That's a, that's a free one there. I just, I'm just I'm tired of a, um, very, very, very churchy language spoken from people who have no idea what they sound like to people who don't go to church. You sound weird. That doesn't mean we can't use the language. In fact, here in church we do. We, we use spiritual language because we identify with it. We're in the right context. But when we're with people who don't get it, 
You don't, you don't go into a bar or, no, well, some people do, but you go into a bar and you don't say, so, has the Lord blessed you? You don't talk like that. You go, hey, how's it going? You know? There's some wisdom here in the context of where you are and who you're with. But tell people. There are wise ways to tell people how God has blessed you. Some people do it without mentioning God. Huh, I wonder how that works. One last Old Testament verse of encouragement. <laughs> of all things, it comes from Lamentations. Who would have thought? God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created, they, they're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I'll say it over again. He's all I've got left. <laughs> I think that was also turned into a song in one of our choruses or hymns. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, oh God. Great is your faithfulness. Why do we sing them? Because the vibration hits through our complete soul and body. Yes, the words are sung, but even the tone vibrates through us and ministers to our entire body and soul. That's why music's important. Music's powerful. John 14, 27. I leave you the gift of peace with you. My peace. I'm going to say that again. I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. This is Jesus speaking. Not just any other peace. Because there are other kinds of peace. There's peace from violence. There's peace from worry of having food. There's all kinds of peace. There's peace from a storm when the storm's over. But Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Oh, please keep telling us this. Keep reminding us to be courageous. Let me encourage you to Look for the peace of Christ. When I pray for decisions now, when people ask me, how do I, how do I pray for this situation? How, how can I know which decision to make? Often I now say, wait for the peace to come, to experience peace about your decision. What if that doesn't come? <laughs> well, you know what? There's another uh, person you can ask. No, I'm kidding. What do you do? Choose. Just decide. And trust God as your trier. <laughs> That's different. Trust God as your trier. And let him work and think thoughts through you to come to a decision. Whichever decision you make, he's there with you. Not absent. But what if it doesn't work out? That's okay. He's with you. You can't plan everything out perfectly. Nobody's expecting you to. Learn to live with peace in the moment. Learn to live with joy in everything you do. I'm thinking of one person right now who's having a hard time with some decisions. But I know that they are a joyful person and will find joy and good things in whatever choice they end up making. It's win-win. 
but it doesn't feel like it right now. But it will be. (laughs) Because I have learned to look back in my life and see the peace of Christ, even when I'm not feeling it. Yeah. There's sometimes where you come across a decision and realize, I don't have peace about this right now. But I have peace about this. Great. Stick with peace. Somehow, in my world of influence and the people that have influenced my life, that has been the best advice so far for decisions. And yes, some have gone sour. It's like, what? That was not supposed to happen. Well, neither was COVID. (laughs) So, come on. You're not unique. You're not the only one going through this. You're not new to difficulty and trouble. Next week, we're going to take a look at a verse about temptation. No temptation has to seize you upon, upon you that you then what you can't handle, whatever. You know that one. Yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. That's coming up in one of the verses. But today, John 14, in the Passion Translation, it's saying, I leave the gift of peace with you. Can you handle that? Open your eyes and look for peace this week. I mean it. I mean Open your eyes. Pause your plans for the week. Just, just for a moment. Because I have my calendar. It's full. And I keep stuff I do on my calendar. I, have a, I use Outlook. No, I use Google Calendar. So with things I can't quite get done, I go back to the previous week. And uh, I just drag it to the next week. Drag it to the next week. I'll get to it next week. I'll just, and pretty soon, I've got my day off Monday loaded with stuff I was going to do, never got to. And it's, it's crazy. Pause. And look for peace. Find time to experience the peace of Christ in that chaos. Your way. However you do it. Everybody has the opportunity for it. If you look for it. If you don't look for it. If you only see, hey, I can't. See? Look at my calendar. I can't. Then you can't. But if you choose, say, nope, I can and I will. You'll find a way to experience the peace of Christ and have a connection with the Trinity in you that you've needed for a while. I hope you'll take that to heart. I think I'm going to stop there. Um, how much time? Are we, are we, we're at 11 now. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap up. Because otherwise I'm going to dive into stuff. Next week we're going to get into some stuff in John. And then Romans. Great stuff in Romans coming next week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just have too much. But this is the booster shot stuff we need. We need to be reminded of this good news today. I hope you'll take that to heart. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray for those today who are watching that are saying, ah, I'm having a hard time with this peace thing. Will you please reach out through their doubt (laughs) and touch their soul? Give them the supernatural tingling, wake-up call, peace experience, something that they'll know that, ah, that was you. Holy smokes. Give them a vision, give them an experience, let them bump into somebody this week that will trigger your peace or encouragement. And they're going to say, ah, ha, ha, there it is. And we all look for that this week. And then may we share our stories and continue to encourage one another. Thank you, Father. Amen.